0: I'm oh there and I gotta put you away. I won't like it, but I'll tell you, you are going down. What if you do got me boxed in? And I gotta put you down. Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. I will not hesitate for a second.
1: What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to a fiery edition of of Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I'm joined with today, Leo. That was hot, bro. That was hot. That was hot. Ryan the Temp is back. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ryan the The Temp. temp. And Jen said, we are covering a great movie today, so I am not going to be on. So it's just the boys today. So by my my wonderful introduction, we are covering the 25th anniversary of Heat. One of the most underrated film of the 90s and I think one of the best films of the 90s and the best film of 1995 in my personal opinion. Would you say
2: it's underrated?
1: Yeah, I guess I look at 1995 and where we're going to get to with like awards it won mm-hmm. and all that stuff and it didn't really get that as much love fair now fair. everyone can talk about it as like this thing like you know because of Pacino De Niro and all that stuff yeah the cast alone was like one of those like mm-hmm. outsider
2: type moments where it's like if you put this cast together now like the amount of money you have to front is it
1: gotta be insane yeah and the money that uh it would make though oh whew. I think oh hey, we got that last year the Irishman oh <laughs> uh, yeah kind uh, of kind I mean, of even with like big so, names
2: yeah even with like I with guess the, we'll, we'll go into it in our review but even like the side characters are yeah, big names. Yeah, we're, we're
1: big names. All right. So we're going to pretty much similar to last. We were going to reel it back and break down everything about heat and also run through our categories as well. But before we get to that, we're going to get into some news. Um, I was going to save the best, for the best and most shocking news for last, but we're going to kick off with a little bit of Bob Iger. So I think I've mentioned here maybe like a year ago that Iger was leaving Disney at the end of 2021 after his contract resigned, but he resigned from the Walt Disney company effective immediately earlier last week. And the internet went nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked. I was literally, I was my jaw dropped when I saw it at work. I also, um, saw on film Twitter that someone that knows, uh, Someone that works in the public relations at Disney said that they were taken by surprise too. So I think it was oh, a wow. surprise all around. Oh jeez. Um, I don't know how I feel yet, actually, and it's almost, its almost been a week. This is—I don't think people understand the legacy that this guy's leaving behind. It really, I—it's—it's—we mm-hmm. it's, would need an hour or two to just sit down and talk about everything he's done. But we'll narrow it down to three things. Jeez. Marvel, Star Wars, 20th Century Fox, wow. and that's just the recent things. That's just yeah, you're right. That's just like, he recent. revolutionized like the parks and, yep. and, and like uh, the identity yeah. of what Disney is now. He's the one that also was responsible oh, for Disney Plus. Disney Plus. <laughs> He's the one that's responsible too for the merging of Disney Pixar. Jeez, as well. That's even that's huge too. So it just. I think he made, and this may be a hot take to some. I don't feel like it's, it's a hot take. I think he made the biggest impact to Disney since Walt. That's just my personal opinion. I know Michael Eisner, and there was a lot of other CEOs between mm-hmm. Walt and uh, Bob, but I think Iger made the biggest impact to the company that since Walt. That's my personal That's... opinion. And as a huge Disney fan of just not entertainment-wise, the parks. I th- yeah. see everything in the parks, too. And I know that the new CEO is was the former chairman of the park. OK. And it's one of those I've been hearing a lot of different things regarding that on like a lot of Disney forums. And I I don't know how to feel about the new CEO because a lot of people complain about he destroyed the parks. I I don't know that from an employee aspect because I don't work for Disney. I, will, I know it from me going to Disney consistently. I mean, he was re- he was a big. He had a lot of involvement with the whole Galaxy's Edge thing. So I don't. I don't know. I really don't know how,
2: um, how much. Uh, I guess we'd probably get to ask our uh, our listeners too. Like, how much say did he have in naming his successor?
1: I think he had a big say. Cuz I'm
2: like it, I, it, even it, it's kind of like how we go into like Marvel movies like with like this whole honestly like just trust it. They they've done so much good already. You have to just give it a, a shot. Like if Iger had any hands in naming a successor, he's done so much good for just the brand. You got to at least give it a shot that he knows a little something about who can replace him.
1: I wonder if he did this too because you're going out it's like mj against the jazz in 98 like disney plus is that final shot on byron russell yeah and now he really doesn't have anything else to accomplish
2: yeah because you you just wrapped up the first infinity saga you just wrapped up the trilogy of trilogies um you just wrapped up launching disney plus you just wrapped up the parks being amazing like you this is a good time to bow out
1: (laughs) for sure and then uh i didn't mention the new ceo's name uh it's bob Chapic, so like i mentioned he's the former chairman of disney parks so we'll see where we go the stock dropped a good amount after buyer ba- resigned a few with as expected i expected the stocks drop i, I just, would say buy now
2: <laughs> and we're not even like into stocks that much but i say buy now because it's <laughs> fr- got nowhere to go but
1: up it's funny because as soon as i got the alert um that he resigned i told jen and um I immediately said, "Oh, that stock's going to drop very quick." I have never received any entertainment news from the stock app that I use to that holds my personal stock, mm-hmm. and I got an alert from that app, stock, uh, not StockX, uh, Robinhood, stating that Bob Iger had resigned from Disney. Wow. So even the stock market app that yeah. I use knew like how big it was. It's
2: transcending into the different sections. You're like, oh, oh yeah,
1: nice. So I mean, maybe one day we'll look at we'll break down everything Iger has done but mm-hmm. it's for for this conversation it's it's pretty impactful everything he's done yeah. and by everyone's reporting of him leaving it shows that it a lot of people were taken aback by it do you guys any have any other comments Ryan or
0: Leo um the only thing i can say is if you really want another in depth before we do an episode on it is what was the name of the show on Disney plus is it- imagineering one and they did then they do a special episode just on him
1: so but imagineering i think episode th- three or four starts when bob iger took over and it yeah, gets so into go check into, it oh, out sure. know a lot about that. the whole series is fantastic as someone that loves yeah. the park and everything about the park and disney i think it's an excellent excellent look at the beginning of the parks and where they are today and but a good good call good pull on that ride because there is a uh uh a good amount of Bob Iger in it. I actually was watching it and I was watching it with Jen and I'm like, Oh, Bob took a lot of time for this. He's all, <laughs> he's all over this. So yeah. So Bob Iger would definitely be missed at Disney and we definitely. Ooh, question. Yes. Uh,
2: Cause I know there was, there was, um, and was there an Eisner biopic done yet?
1: I hope, I hope not.
2: So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's like any, any, any feasibility into like a biopic of like of this iteration of Disney's legacy and who we would cast
1: to play who's who's playing Bob Iger yeah um so this will probably have to take place in a few years I don't know Leo <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just Leo. that's all I got I really, just get Leo yeah. I sticking to the hairstyle and they literally have the same <laughs> hairstyle bad. yeah um but yeah that's a, that's a good one I wonder because I know Eisner didn't leave Disney and the, the best, best of yeah. yeah so I mean we'll see what happens with that all right next bit of news is also revolving Disney uh, Steven Spielberg has dropped out of the Indiana Jones 5 film, but is in, is being replaced, hopefully, by James Mangold, okay. who just directed 4 Ferrari, also directed Leo's favorite film, Logan, yeah. and also directed yeah. Walk the Line. I mean, he's got some good stuff. He's got some amazing stuff yeah. under his
2: belt. It's
0: weird to have an indie without Steve, Right.
1: Yeah, I think so. I yeah, agree, hundred percent.
2: Let's just keep Shia LaBeouf out of it too, and then we could maybe have a good.
1: Just uh, hey, go do it. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie since two thousand eight, so I don't remember if it. I mean, I remember not liking it. Yes, <laughs> so that's all I, I think remember. That's all you need to remember. That's, that's all you should remember. <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. I, that's all I remember. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I like the replacement. It's not like you're replacing Spielberg with like a low-end director, you're getting someone mm-hmm. that knows mm-hmm. what he's doing, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, next bit of news, I'm not sure if you guys had the time to see it this week, the Candyman trailer. No, no, no I haven't I seen haven't. it. I'm not all in yet, but okay. I'm more in than I was two weeks ago. That's what she said. said. Yeah. yeah I think <laughs> exactly she said. Um, it looks good. It looks like Jordan Peele really has his hands on it, because he wrote, he wrote it, and he is EPing. Ping. so... Uh, guess That's pretty much all on Candy Man. Like, you guys haven't seen the trailer. Have you guys seen the original film? No, no, I I, think so. A long time ago, stayed away from horror when I was little, so like, uh, yeah, no, no. But I will
2: say that I typically defer to you when it comes to horror remakes and stuff. Like, if you're
1: saying it looks good, then it actually, yeah, it looks good. Okay, Okay. like I recently saw, um, The Invisible Man on Friday, those trailers, I was okay, it looks fine, but I like Lee Winnell because I saw the. No one's ever... I, I don't think I know anyone that's seen it outside of Jenny and I. Um, it's what we call Upgrade. He directed... So, Lee L, this is his third film he directed. Upgrade, he directed, I think, believe, two years ago. And then he had directed Insidious Chapter 3. Which is Upgrade. So, I'm going to get you the synopsis because Upgrade is one of those that you should just watch. You don't need a synopsis type of thing. It's pretty wild. It's a really, really is solid film. Is it a video film. game type one? No, it's not a video. Okay, okay, okay. No. I've pretty... Never- Pretty much it's he is kind of controlled and he gains this. Uh, so pretty much a brutal mugging leaves great trace paralyzed in the hospital and his beloved wife dead. <laughs> a billionaire inventor soon offers trace a cure, an artificial intelligence implant called stem that will enhance his body. Now he's able to walk, but he finds that he has super strength as well. It's, it's really good. It's oh, really, really solid. Super sci-fi. I yeah, guess, it's like a better I... version of Death Wish. <laughs> <laughs> that Charles Bronson film. It's really good. It's 87% on RT. Uh, but yeah, going back to f- Quick Thoughts on Invisible Man, it's fucking solid. It's so, so, so good. Um, without giving anything away, it's one of those films that obviously has different meanings outside of it being just a horror film. It captures a victim of domestic abuse. And there, uh, the opening scene of that movie, and I am not even giving it justice by describing it. It's her escaping his house. Got it. And there is just a score playing, and that's it. Jeez. No, and you just—I felt bad for Jen because she was so tense throughout that whole scene, throughout the whole movie, but throughout that scene. Um, and Lee Winnell wanted to just keep that scene. He had a fight to keep it because the studio wanted them wanted him to shoot a scene of him, her being domestic, like being hit, being abused. And he's like, no, we need the audience to put everything together. And honestly, it worked because me sitting there watching it, I'm like, she's leaving and she's being this precise for a reason. She's
2: escaping. She's, yeah. And then the whole movie
1: touches on him becoming the invisible man and like trying to torment her life. It's really, really good. Highly, highly recommended. Um, But yeah, moving on. The, this is more of a rumor. I don't know how accurate this is, mm. but film Twitter is going crazy about it Yeah, because they've never read a comic book before. <laughs> um, so there is news that don't Henry Cavill anymore. is our new Wolverine. I saw. Um, it's strictly rumor. We'll see what happens when, once it's confirmed. Obviously, you'll see it on the site and all over our social media. All right. So two things that I got from film Twitter. Off this reaction to this news, they're very upset because he's already a superhero. Why does he need to play now another huge superhero? he's going to the better brand. That's why. Texting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And two, and I'm glad Leo's here and yeah. Rai is here for this. <clears throat> I'm going to get the film Twitter voice ready for you do guys. It, All do right. it. Um, why does Logan, why do they have to introduce logan and wolverine in a female-led superhero of course it's because it's a female-led superhero and leo can you please tell the folks about logan oh my gosh so yeah so it's like the film screw you film twitter Leo, Leo so, got angry. I've never seen him get angry. So it's
2: funny. When, um, when David dropped the news, I had um, – so I gave up social media for Lent, which is making it tough to kind of figure out any of these news things happening. Yeah. But when David shared the news in our chat, I remember my first initial response, even before realizing or, or thinking, oh, Henry Cavill used to be Superman, I'm like, this is incredible because the, just the attention to detail of introducing Logan and in a Carol Danvers movie is incredible because most people don't even know Carol Danvers and Logan have a very tight friendship in the comic books. It is probably one of the most Marvel-like meta comic book homages that you can do. Because it's like a little-known thing. Same thing with the Rogue rumor that she's going to be the villain in Captain Marvel. Interesting. That's another thing that most people, most of normal viewers won't know unless you're really into the deep comic book history. Rogue, honest, Logan. Know. Yeah. So Captain Captain Marvel's power set, Rogue is the one that absorbs it. That's the reason she has flight, super strength. Um, endurance is because she absorbed it from Carol Danvers and when Rogue joins the X-Men Logan hates her because Logan knows she's the one that put Carol Danvers in a coma so there's a huge thing between like just history as far as comic book is concerned where regardless of if it's Henry Cavill or not if Disney decides to put in Logan in Captain Captain Marvel 2 it's good stuff I'm all about it if you're a comic book fan you should be about it too
1: not not everyone's a comic book fan as we've no. Found out. So yeah, that, I like the ca- I like, do like the casting though. Yeah, he has a very hairy right? chest. I think that works for Logan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And any thoughts on? Are you in, right, or You're in agreement with
0: no, us. I am 100% agreeing with you guys. Like I said, I didn't know all this about uh, Logan and you know Cal Danvers and all that. So that's news to me, and I think it's awesome that they're doing it. And that just shows how much Marvel cares about his comics. Absolutely. All right. And then just finishing up, the it's not really news.
1: It's just a tidbit I found out. Um, and it's kind of related to an animated film. So cool. Mm. Uh, Killing Joke. Whoa, easy. That's a.
2: Not a good animated film. Not yeah. a good animated film. <laughs> well, but a, but, the a, a, but an amazing after
1: story. The first amazing story. So this has to do with more of a. The story. Okay. Something that I found out. One of the greatest and stories after, in comic book. Yeah, yeah. In my top. Probably my second favorite comic book that I've ever read. Love it. Um. All right, cool. So. I was listening to an interview with Kevin Smith and Grant Morrison. Oh, shoot. And they were talking about The Killing Joke. This interview is a little old, but it's just something that came to light for me about three days ago. He was talking about The Killing Joke, and they're talking about the end of The Killing Joke. And if you remember the last probably two panels of The mm-hmm. Killing Joke, they're both laughing. Yes. And then the last panel is just the water mm-hmm. and the laughter stopped. I've always seen people, including myself, was saying that despite being such an amazing, incredible story... Ending seems kind of anticlimactic. I think. I don't think that anymore, fellows. Oh. <laughs> so Grant Morrison during this interview was saying, "Do you guys know do to Kev like do you know what the ending of the Killing Joke signifies?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I thought it was kind of underwhelming, blah blah blah." So Batman kills the Joker? <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to go In that there. that panel? and that's why in the and i went back and looked at the panel ex- after grant morrison spoke about it and i'm like motherfucker he did kill him because the last couple of panels you know they talk about what the one bad day blah 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 he batman has his hands around joker's neck while they're laughing together yeah and mm-hmm. then it progressively changes The panels get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and and it's just a ha, 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 ha. And then, boom, done. The laughter stops. And Grant Morrison was saying that at that very moment, Batman had his bad day and he broke his cardinal rule and killed the Joker. And that was Alan Moore. I don't think he was ever going to get that allowed. (laughs) Wow. And I think that's why they they went with that more subliminal ending. You decide what you want. But Yeah. yeah, Grant Morrison was saying, no. That he killed. He had, the He, he, had killed intent, the Joker. he had intended it for it to be Batman finally killing the Joker. Yeah. Wow. And that and because the whole thing that is the killing joke, and the fact that yeah. the Joker was talking about the entire story, like all it takes is one one bad, one day. bad day, and there, right there, he broke his code, which Damn. is it makes that story even fucking better than I thought it was before. Wow. So not really dealing with any current stuff, but just something I wanted to share with you guys. Alrighty, so let's get to this. <laughs> i'm feeling a little hot right now i am going to apologize very early on because i am going to get loud on some of these things oh god i already know what you're gonna get loud on. i have a fucking list of things to get loud from so we are covering the 25th anniversary of heat the movie did come out in december of 95 but i figure it's 2020 it's gonna turn. It's turning twenty five anyway. So let's let's just break it all down. So to get things started, just gonna run through a little bit of the pre production. Nothing too insane. Um, in April ninety four, man was report Michael Mann was reported to have abandoned his earlier plan to shoot a biopic of James Dean in favor of directing Heat, Damn. producing it with Art Linton. The film was marketed as the first on screen appearance of Al Pacino and Robert De Niro together in the same scene. Um, the film. Which is this is cool. Michael Mann requested locations which did not which did not appear on film before. So fewer oh, cool. than ten of the eighty five filming locations were previously used in films. So oh, mostly wow. everything that was used in this film had never been used in film before in terms of location. Huh. So that was that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. Uh, film principal photography for Heat lasted one hundred and seven days. All of the shooting days were done on location, and man, Michael Mann decided we're not using a soundstage. Which I saw brings, that. Yeah. brings the authenticity of the film to another level. Box office wise, Heat was released on December fifteenth, nineteen ninety five, and opened at number three at the box office with eight point four million dollars, finishing third behind Jumanji and Toy Story. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense there. It went on to have a total gross of sixty seven point four million dollars in the U S. and one hundred and twenty four billion in foreign box office. So, it did pretty well at the box office, and it was ranked the twenty five the 25th highest-grossing film of 1995. So that's pretty much all regarding the filming and production. Well, pretty take... straightforward. No real issues with the production. Um, Excuse me. Um, I, I know what I was
2: reading, though. When I was doing some research for the, for, the, for the episode, I saw, too, that it's like it's loosely
1: based on a story that... Oh, oh I'm going to get there. Okay, cool. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The Trophy Room. Ah. To get to the category, The Trophy <laughs> Room for the second straight week, it bears fuck. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. I'm going to pause real quick girl (laughs) (laughs) because i'm going to remind people of what won best picture in 1995 (laughs) motherfucking braveheart and motherfucking braveheart stinks yeah it fucking reeks (sighs) me speaking about it makes me reek
2: for our listeners david literally has a sheet of paper where he has his notes he very neatly folded the piece of paper laid it on the table backed away from the table and is now venting this rent <laughs>
1: how does this movie not get one academy award nomination not fucking one <laughs> not one suicide squad won an oscar and you can't get one fucking nomination one that's all i ask i don't give a fuck if it won anything
0: yeah give me
1: one and we're at we're bare bones in this fucking trophy room because oh I because we want to give Braveheart an Oscar. I I no no offense to Babe. I love Babe. Babe over fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is fucking amazing. That's insane. It's fucking amazing when me doing this reach and I knew about this before. Yeah. I was just curious, like, if there was any love. Like, I got it got no love from anybody. Everyone loves it now, but back then that's why I call it very underrated in a way because it's like in ninety-five, I don't think it it has the love that we gave it right now. That's a good point. It's a really good point. And a lot of people Tomorrow. and a lot of com- people complained about um and I saw like it's easier to research stuff like this now than it was probably when you're doing stuff or years ago. A lot of people thought there wasn't enough Pacino and De Niro together, but I'm gonna get into that a little later. Oh doubt yeah. I thought it made every scene they were together in much more impactful, especially the diner scene. Oh, that diner scene, yeah. Is so great. But yeah, this small little vent on the trophy room section. It's there's no reason this film should be bare bones in this trophy section. All righty. Moving on to which age best and worst, for me, and I hope we're all are in agreement here. What's age best for me is that seven-minute bank heist. I think everything about that bank heist makes it for me probably the best bank heist I've ever seen in a movie. Hmm. And there's details to that later on that I'm going to get into. Um, comparing it to, like, a poor man's heat, Den of Thieves, that kind of tries to do th- – it tries to be, like, a new heat and does not do well with that. Um, that's what's aged best for me. What about you guys? Uh,
2: okay. Um, for me, age the best is uh, some small details here and there. Like mm-hmm. as far as like plot development and character development. Um, the fact that Edie is into graphic design. Um, this movie was like back in 1994, 1995, right? Mm. Um, and that's still relevant today. So you're your watching shit, it? And I'm going to get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as, um, I did, it's funny because Jenny's not on the episode today, but I made a note of the fact that every single significant other, every female significant other, was very demanding of their partners yeah. for equality in their relationships. That's good. I, like that. that's a good, I love that's that. That's a good find. I like that because like back in the '90s, let's be honest, this is like most movies. Most women were just like serving as like some kind of plot point. But I, I love the fact that all three significant others were like they wanted more time with their spouses or significant others. Um, the deadbeat dad thing aged pretty well because we still have to deal with that nowadays. Um honestly um and I think their treatment of suicide, the
1: suicide attempt. Oh, I have a I have a heart. I have-
2: I thought it was okay. I, um, that's
1: actually going to kick off age worse for me.
2: So for me I think it aged well. So it's funny the bank heist I have a part of it that aged poorly for really? me. Really? Okay, yeah, so we'll but, get into uh,
0: that. But yeah, that's what I have. Rye, what do you have? Um the heist scenes, I think they age the best like they do feel like i recently watched the town and it did it better than the town in my opinion like and the diner scene just the tense intensity mm-hmm. for me and for me this was the first viewing so this was very hard for me to come oh with yeah so you aging did,
1: so right this is the first time you've seen he what did oh, you think wow. overall
0: I thought, why haven't I seen this before? <laughs> I'm, <not. laughs> I'm so glad that you were able to do this episode. Feelings, especially <laughs> with the kind of movies that I do like. Like I love Goodfellas, Godfather stuff like that. So There's flew underneath my radar for so long. It's shocking. Yeah, so moving on to
1: what's age the worst, we are going to... You you want to kick off like what you mentioned? Uh... Yeah, so I'm going to say that Oh, man, I feel bad because you kind of set that up as what's age best. But in terms of what's age worse for me, I think um, I love that both of us have like the, the alternating views on those yeah. two things. So that's interesting. So age worse, I feel, is Natalie Portman, Lauren's suicide attempt. Here's my it's not that it was done. No, it's not how it was done. And I understand the downturn with the deadbeat dad. Mm-hmm, I get mm-hmm. it. But I feel the scene and moment is completely out of place and comes completely out of left field, and I don't feel like it fits the tone of the film and where the film is actually trying to go. I feel like it's a side story that really never hits for me. Okay. That's kind of the only thing. That's why it's aged. It's not that it was not well done. Got it. It's more on the, hmm, why is it here in the the first place? Yeah, so that's kind of where where i'm at with that and then you said
2: yeah on the flip i felt that um there's there's a commercial that that um that aired it was like i think when the um, one of these school shooting schools was going to go back in session and they released like a special commercial ad promo about school violence and like in the background you always see this one kid being picked on but the speaker in the commercial was in the forefront so you don't pay attention to what's happening in the background of the whole commercial until the very end. You're like, "Oh wow, I've been missing the signs." I think that's the point of the way Man treated this this um, the suicide attempt was that she wasn't a focus of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was in the back scene. Gotcha. You were so more focused on everything going on with the marriages, the relationships, the crimes, and you you were completely neglecting this poor girl that all she wanted was love from her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that. It was it was it was I guess a little bit a bit I guess unnecessary, um, but the fact is it was it was still a very real issue to address back then. Still a really big issue to oh, address absolutely. it now. And I I actually did like the fact that we were neglecting Natalie Portman the whole movie, and it's like oh man,
1: we should have been at least paying attention a little bit for her because her mom wasn't doing anything. She stinks. Yes, <laughs> she fucking stinks. And then um, Rye, what do you have on age worse?
0: Um. Actually I don't have anything Because like I said First time So for that's me it was hard To pick yeah, anything to age Badly <laughs> uh,
2: So the other thing for Like the bank The heist Yeah So the heist itself Was amazing I loved it I still love it The crazy destruction Of the city Afterwards Well yeah That didn't change okay. too <laughs> yeah. well yeah, I felt like I was watching a Marvel movie for a second. Yes, all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to lie, I'm like the only other movie I've seen destroy a city this quickly was, was, Avengers, was, Man, was, Man, was, of was Man of Steel <laughs> <laughs> and Man of Steel got mad heat for that. Oh yeah literally heat. <laughs> Nobody. pun intended. Well done. <laughs> um,
1: I did want to include this but I wanted to wait until after we touched on war, age worse and best scenes I have lines that have aged really, really well. Was it? Okay, okay. It is not what you think it is. But I'll get to that in a second. All right. So two lines that have aged incredibly well are when Neil's talking to Van Zant on the phone, and then after Van Zant tries to have him killed, and then he's pretty much, "What are you doing?" And Neil is like, "What am I doing? I'm talking to an empty telephone." Talking and empty phone, yeah. he's like, I, "Van Zant's like, I don't understand because there's a dead man on the end of this fucking line." What? Yeah. If I was Van Dan, I would have fucking gone to Columbia or something and yep. said, Done, I'm out. I don't need anything. And then, of course, uh, don't get yourself attached to anything. You're not willing to walk out in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. That line is still oh, amazing. iconic. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to touch on those two quick lines. All righty. Let's do some facts. Let's do some <laughs> facts about heat. I have 25 facts oh. for 25 years. Look at that. All righty. Number one, Heat was adapted from a 1989 TV movie. Heat Heat director Michael Mann developed the story as a potential TV show after the success he had producing Miami Vice and Crime Story for television. While it was never picked up by a network as a series, NBC aired the made-for-TV movie L.A. Takedown in 1989. L.A. Takedown represents about 40% of Heat's eventual storyline. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Heat's story is based on the exploits of former Chicago police officer Chuck Adamson. Mann and Adamson met while working on TV show Crime Story, which Adamson created and Mann executive produced. Adamson really did track down and ultimately kill a real-life master criminal ne- named Neil McCauley. That blew my mind. Though it wasn't at LAX Asshole. like in the film, McCauley was killed during an armored car hijacking outside of an Illinois supermarket. Nuts. Pretty cool. Nuts. <laughs> The L.A. Metro, the L.A. Metro stop using the opening appears in another Michael Mann film. Does anyone want to guess which Michael Mann film it appears? It was the first time used was in Heat, and then it was used again in another movie.
2: No, I got Collateral. Oh wow, 2004's oh, wow.
1: Collateral. Collateral. Which... This
2: movie does have a Collateral feel to it. Same too. director, so that makes yeah. sense.
1: Oh shoot, great movie. All right, number four. I mentioned ah. before that everything was filmed was not filmed on a uh, sound stage. Nothing was no filmed soundstage. on a sound stage. Yeah. There are no CG effects used in the heist that opened as a movie. The production actually tipped over an armored car while shooting on location. <laughs> oh my God. It was top heavy and, weighed, and it waited to make the stunt possible. And That's... number five, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino were the directors' first picks to star. Yes. In fact, they were the only actors offered the leading roles. Yep. I mean,. What else? I, I well, can't see this movie with anyone else but Al and, and Bobby. At the same time, like, I, feel yeah. like,
2: I feel like most directors go into it with this like uh, Christmas list of like, well, I'm making a movie. If I can get De Niro and Pacino, I guess I'll take De Niro and Pacino.
1: Well, of course you want De Niro and Pacino. And in 95, you definitely yes. want De Niro and Pacino. And he got them both. <laughs> this one, we, I think we both, all three of us knew. And any auto listeners probably didn't know this. Heat was the first movie to feature De Niro and Pacino on screen together yes. in the same scene. Do you guys know what the other movie is? <laughs> is it another one that is, Isn't this the one that we did another reel it back for? I think so. <laughs> so the first movie that they were together in was The Godfather, Godfather Part Two, but they never shared mm-hmm. a scene together. After these two great movies, they did um, a movie I don't like talking about called Righteous Kill, and then they made up for it in last year with The Irishman. So that is the four movies that they have worked on together. Nice. Um, Pacino and De Niro Harley have any time together on screen, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the two stars spend less than 10 minutes of the entire 170-minute fi- film in one in each other's presence. Wow, that little. I think it starts from the diner scene, Yes. the shootout, and then the end. Well, I
2: guess you're, you're also counting the, um, him pulling him over. From the, the pull- yeah, so yeah, the pullover, yeah.
1: coffee scene, the wow. coffee diner scene, the shootout, and technically that scene is about three four minutes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because the Van Cays they weren't shoot. That's hours crazy. was there, and then obviously the final scene at the airport. So and it feels a lot more. It reminds me of Ledger in The Dark Knight. He's only there twenty three twenty four minutes. Say that too. Yeah, but, but and the, then he's he feels feeling. like he's there more. Um, he is Natalie Portman's second film ever. Do you guys know what her first movie is? The Professional, right? Yes. Yes. I Have do. you guys seen that, Rye? Have Heck you seen yeah, that? yeah, baby. No. Oh, that, I, watch that today if you can. Oh, dude. It, Leon, the Professional. Leon, the Professional. It is so... Leon. Leon, Leon. The, Leon. Leon, the Professional. It is... right. it's... We recommend Heat. I think Leon is oh, totally. just as good. It's really, really solid Because it's funny because the
2: movie stands on its own, but now it's, it's also like it been immortalized as Natalie Portman's first movie. Yeah.
1: But the movie alone is so good. And Gary Olden as a villain is always, always great. Can't go so wrong. So you, you won't go wrong there. All right. Moving on. John Voight's character Nate is based on an ex-con. <laughs> that mullet. Baby. And writer Eddie Bunker man made Bunker's book, No beast So Fierce, required reading for the actors in De Niro's criminal crew. Ooh. Bunker also served as a technical consultant on the film. Number 10, Michael Mann did did a lot of research for the film. He spent seven months on ride-alongs with LAPD's robbery and homicide department. Oh, shoot. Pretty cool stuff there. In preparation for number 11, preparation for the Bankai sequence, the film's technical advisors had the actors case a real bank without anyone noticing what tom Sizemore actually began fake negotiations for a bank loan with a bank employee during the stunt i freaking love that fact that's so fu- you I don't love do that, that, that anymore fact. man you don't fucking do that anymore you just fucking go on a stage. that's dedication that, that's right so there. fucking fun
0: that's awesome
1: Heat's robbery scenes are thought to be so accurate. That's why I don't agree with you on like. Well, ding- the dig- aftermath, ding- the, the the destruction after the. Yeah, Heat robbery scenes are so are thought to be so accurate that real thieves have copied its tactics. I did see that in the in 1997, a North Hollywood shootout was allegedly inspired by the heist in the film. Crazy man, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, I'm just to- saying,
2: walking outside with AK-47s and blasting downtown. Listen, that's man, that's a little. <laughs>
1: I mean, in today's day, it's yeah. not that bad. That's, that That's a good point. That's a good point. I think it's probably more realistic now. For sure. <laughs> Number 13, to prepare for the downtown shootout sequence, the actors went through three months of firearm training. Oh, so an estimated 800 wow. to 1,000 ra- blank rounds were used per take while shooting the scene. So dope. All righty. Number 14. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. But these are all so fun. <laughs> all the gun sound effects in the shootout sequence were taken from an onset, stu- onset audio. Hmm. man originally planned to add gunshots to the audio, sound mixing and sound editing guys, in post-production, but when he tried to do so, he didn't feel like it sounded real enough, so he kept the audio as is. And I'm going to touch a little bit on that real quick. I have a surround system, and it's loud. And that bank heist and shootout with my sound system is, I felt (laughs) like the cops were going to come over here and just break down my door. That's how intense it sounded. It was pretty, pretty crazy. So next up, when Kevin Gage, who plays Wayne Grow, was in prison for two years in 2003, he was universally addressed by fellow inmates and prison guards as Wayne Grow, his character from the movie. Oh, shoot. Number 16, more on Wayne Grow. He is based on real Chicago criminal named Wayne Grow who ratted out <laughs> some influential Chicago criminals. According to Michael Mann, Wayne Grow went missing. His body was found in northern Mexico where it had been nailed to the wall of a shed. Oh my Damn. god! Number seventeen in an early draft of the script, Vincent Hanna has a cocaine habit. Yes, I did know this. <laughs> which, according to Al, explains his bombastic outbursts. Well, he said, I think he
2: just released that this cocaine addiction happened in 2016.
1: That's crazy, I'm right? Like, he just told everybody now. <laughs> many number eighteen. Many viewers claim that Robert De Niro and Al. But this is this is regarding um, them together. Which the first time I saw Heat. I kind of thought the same thing because I saw it on tape. Uh, Many viewers claim that Robert De Niro and Al Pacino never actually did share screen time during the film, despite the hype surrounding the film's release as showcasing their first screen appearance. The reason for this is most pan and scan version of the film and television broadcast broadcast. It does appear that during the diner scene, the diner scene, the two never actually share the screen because it's it's so you're, tight you're only getting yeah. a shot of one. <laughs> so people were saying that they shot that at different times, but now with the innovation of Blu-ray and widescreen, it's obvious that they are in the same gotcha. in the same coffee shop, which is pretty cool. This is uh pretty interesting regarding the score of the movie. Composer Elliot Goldenthal wrote the piece to score over the final scene of the movie. Oh, Goldenthal so, did the music to this? Yeah. But Michael Mann replaced it with Moby's God moving on the face of the water. That at the end of the movie is it's one of my favorite pieces of music that out of any ending of a film. I love it. I think it fits so perfectly. And it's in the trailer, too. Um, So they replaced. Goldenthal's score with that. Which Batman movie did Goldenthal do the music for, David? Batman (laughs) forever. Batman and Robin. (laughs) Um, but Goldenthal ended up reusing the piece as the end titles from Michael Collins in 1996. Oh, sure. He just replaced the, uh, replacing the electric guitar with a fiddle.
0: Hmm. So
1: you could st- I think you could still find his original theme on his site or something along those lines. All righty. This is Batman related. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, nice. William Fincher, Finchner, who plays Roger Van Zandt also appeared in a Batman the movie. The bank manager. He is the bank manager in the ro- op- opening sequence of The Dark
0: Knight. Oh wow! Yes, yep. that's yeah. right. He's
1: also the shredder in. I know I
0: recognize him from somewhere.
2: He's also the what? He's also the shredder in Michael Bay's Ninja Turtle. movie. Is he really?
0: Yeah,
1: Eric Sachs. Oh, it's interesting. terrible! I didn't it, know that. It's disgusting. Um, and all speaking of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, he has named Heat as an influence on his version of Gotham City. Yes, sir. Which is. Not shocking because you, when you watch both, I mm-hmm. can see I can see how and even that bike heist has certain like. Well, he's he, Nolan it. has said that was he he ripped it off pretty much. It's the inspiration for it, which love it, love doesn't it. shock me. All righty, number twenty one. These the next couple are all casting stuff, which makes me go crazy on what these possibilities were. <sighs> James Caan had been rumored to have been considered for the role of Nate. Wow. Khan lamented to Michael Mann that he did not get to star in, in Heat on their 1998 DVD commentary for Thief. It would have been another Godfather tie-in, too. Yeah. It would have been cool. The next one. Don Johnson was briefly considered for the role of Michael Charetto. Eh. No? You don't like that? No. Yeah, I think it'd be too distracting. Yeah. Um, he was also discussed as a possible backup for both Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, in case one of them said no. Huh. Don Johnson it wouldn't have the same... No, yeah. I don't think so. No. And speaking of Toretto, along with that Jean-Claude Van Damme was briefly considered. Oh my god, I would have loved this no, so much. No, you were <laughs> This nope. movie would have been so amazing. No, no, even Ryan could admit. <laughs> there would have been martial arts and, Jean-Claude Van Damme is a
2: garbage splits. actor. It
1: would have been
0: splits. Yeah, no, ne- no, no. No one, no stop. one
2: here, no one here would have wanted the, the unnecessary splits happening no. during the fight scenes. No. What do you want to
1: do? Split it, shoot him? <laughs> shoot him like his AK forty seven? Oh, that split? could have been epic! Oh my god, it's so <laughs> brutal. Twenty three. This one was literally it was signed, sealed, and delivered until it wasn't. Keanu Reeves was originally signed to play Chris. No way! Yeah, and and um, they ended up l- losing the part when Val Kilmer was able to squeeze in, filming Heat while filming Batman Forever. So that means that they wanted.
2: Kilmer more than Keanu, yeah. and they had Keanu ready to rock, and but, then Kilmer made it work because
1: he was shooting Batman at the time. Damn, and he was he couldn't get it in, but he was able to fit in, fit it in for. That's, and I think Kilmer is fantastic. Yo, it, yes, we'll get into Ooh, it in yes. a little bit. Um, also, before casting the role, Brad Pitt was also considered for the role of Chris. That would have been cool. And I see it with the long hair. Yes. and I think Pitt had the long hair at the time. Interviewed the vampire had long hair yep. too. So, so I I could have seen that. That could be cool. Uh, and I met Nate. John voice character is based on a real-life former career criminal, Edward Bunker. Bunker had previously started another famous heist film. Do you guys want to guess what movie that is? No idea. 1992. One of my favorite directors. Italian job? Reservoir Dogs. Oh, shoot. And finally, this is one of Christopher Nolan's favorite films. The film inspired his version of Gotham City, as I mentioned before. Interesting enough. This, be- this began a decade after Heat. 2005 was Batman Begins. And to continue the Batman theme, Val Kilmer played Batman in 1995's Batman Forever. So those are my 25 fun facts of Heat.
2: There's a lot of tie-ins to Batman in the, in the heat. Oh, and I love it. it. It makes me like it more, right? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. why I like heat so much. <laughs> <laughs> you, knew, you knew, right? You're like, oh, I feel like I've seen this before
0: with,
1: with guys in Cowboys. I know that guy. I know so that guy. Dense. I know so her. Dense. She was in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So let's get to our categories and our awards. The That Guy From Award. Oh, yes. Let's replace that guy with that girl. (laughs) So it's funny. The That Guy Award, I had like seven
2: characters I was ready to give it to, but I I stuck with
1: one. So I went with That Girl Award, and I went Amy Brenneman, who plays Edie. 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 So outside of Heat, I've only seen her in Fear, Daylight, and 88 Minutes. However, I immediately go back and say, yeah, that's that lady from Heat. So that's why I went with her. What What do you guys go with? Uh, so I, I treated the, that
2: guy differently. I went to like, as I'm watching Heat, I'm like, where do I know that guy from? Um, so I originally had Danny Trejo. Why? Well, because I mean, it's, it was, I'm like, oh, wait, that's Danny Trejo. That's, I ended up getting it. I with Dennis Haysbert. Help that me out here. Dennis Haysbert plays. Um, he plays the, the President Palmer in Twenty Four, oh, and he I'm does out. all the Prudential commercials. I'm out. Donald, the uh, the the cook that gets up that ends up helping. Isn't out. he in Major League? Yes. Isn't he uh, the Cub- the Cuban player? The Cuban player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I put I put Dennis Haysbert when I saw him. I'm like, wait a minute. That's that's President Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> that's my pick. for And Rye, what do that you guy. have?
0: Again, nothing because I can't be like, "Oh, that's that guy from Heat." When obviously this is my first time seeing Heat. Perfect. righty. So the deadlift shrimp.
1: Oh. MVP. MVP. The deadlift shrimp six man of the movie, best supporting player. I went with Val Kilmer here as Chris. Same. Because, Same. Same. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I think, and a special shout out to his girl. Oh, yeah. wife for yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah. Was that his wife already or just girlfriend? She was a reformed prostitute turned, I think, wife. So I All right. So Ashley Judd is Charlene. I think she, yeah. like you mentioned before, she knows what she wants. Yes. She's a badass. Yes. And I think both of them stand out in their roles, especially Chris uh, as his, Neil's right-hand man. Yeah. Um, I think the scene that stands out for me more and why I think, I mean, I think he stands out throughout the entire movie. But I think what, the scene that hits for me and, and what works the best for both of them. It's towards the end of the movie after Chris recovers from getting shot. And he's trying – he's going back. He's going to rejoin Charlene. Good to go. And then he sees her just wave him off. Yeah. And the look of devastation on his face like, I survived this. I'm going back to you. And I can't even – I can't even do that. I think that scene just oh. triggered like, yeah, this guy's my – this guy's my deadlift shrimp. Yeah. I think uh, easily even when you're like
2: – it's funny because like, like we mentioned for like the That Guy Award, right? You have Danny Trejo, Hank Azaria, Jeremy Piven, um, yeah, Natalie Portman,
1: um, Ashley Judd. You know, what's a- something that has aged the worst is uh, Jeremy Piven's hairline. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that hair That hair left and it came back it real came quick back, for Entourage. LeBron James, baby. Oh, my God. But yeah, um, go, go yeah, with, with that kind of star
2: power, like you figure, like, all right, this six-man award is going to be tough. Um, and Val Kilmer just stands out. He just does so much. And even, like, he doesn't have that much of actual, like, um, like dialogue But either. when he's in it, he's yeah. quite a quiet. I mean, I,
1: I, I, it, I felt like I wanted to go by Lumber
2: watching <laughs> him. That was ready to go. I, I definitely felt like when he's at the house and he gets there and he's, like, he's trying to get her to get ready to go out. I felt, like, so much, like, conflict within him. He did so much. He ate up the scenery
1: whenever he was on it. Yep, big time. Um, I loved I like Kilmer. Kilmer for sure. Right. Did you want to add anything?
0: No, you guys said it perfectly.
1: Awesome. righty. the there's no crying in baseball, so I did cry of laughter <laughs> <laughs> at some of these moments. Let's start with Neil. So um, Neil shunning Edie at the bar cracked me up, yo, because she was aggressively pushing up. Yes, she was ready to like, yo, I want to go home with you. I love and then when I Neil's like, lady. Why are you interested in yes. what I read and why I'm here? I was like shunned to no end. That 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 made me chuckle a little bit. But Al Pacino with his fucking lines. Here are some of my favorite. When he's like,
0: "Give me all you got. Give me all you got."
1: That one was great. Um, I like, and I'm gonna save my favorite for last. I really like, and I thought it was really funny when um, he finds out that his wife is cheating on him. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, (laughs) you can sit on the couch, (laughs) but you won't take my motherfucking television. (laughs) And then he just grabs the television and leaves. That's fantastic. And finally, which I think is ad-libbed, because I think if you watch that scene, I think he wants to say something else. But he says... This wonderful line.
2: Oh, God. I've been waiting for this probably. The minute I knew we were going to record this yeah. episode, I knew this line was going to come out.
1: And, and shout out to Jenny while we were testing. She tried to do the audio for it and just, no. Nope. No. No. You, you got to do it this way. Do it, buddy. When Dan, Van Dan's like, "What did – not Van Dan, the guy that uh, uh, Charlene was cheating on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, the um, Hank Azaria. Yeah. Hank Azaria, yeah. When he's like, why did I get involved with that bitch? He's like, because she – because she's got a great ass. And you got your head all the way up it. <laughs> I, the cocaine that Al Pacino must have been on. I, I
0: fucking tear
1: the fuck up. I think when I first showed Jenny, because I had been saying it. I said it randomly one time. And she was like, where, where is that <laughs> like, from?
2: David's at church and randomly just says the words. And, says <laughs> and I was
1: like, oh, it's from this movie called Heat. She had never seen it. And when she saw it, she got it. I I cry. It's fucking hilarious. I go. So I hope you guys didn't cry for any sadness in this um, movie. It wasn't
2: crying, but there were some heartfelt moments. I definitely um I I I felt bad whenever like the um uh, when Edie's in the car waiting, and um, yes. and he's walking up to her. And he's like, because he's the hardest one to crack at getting a significant other. Yeah. He stays solo for such a long time. And he finally finds someone that he can trust with that part of himself. And he's walking up to the car, sees that he's about to get hunted down. Yeah, Vincent's
1: right there. Fun fact, I counted. It wasn't less than 30 seconds. Wow. Yeah, so they kept true to he's willing to walk away in 30 seconds.
2: But yeah, I would say that's the
1: most heartfelt for me. And Ry, do you have anything?
0: Well, it's funny. I'm in the same vein as Leo. I went more. I was screaming at the television, at De Niro for going back to kill the snitch. Boy, like, girl. just Ooh. fucking go. You have everything you want. Just go. And it's crazy. You stupid.
1: That's great point, right? Great point, right? Vince. Rye. Yeah. Vince is done. Like, Vincent was like, I'm just gonna go home and sleep. I'm done. Like, I've lost him. And he admits. Like, that's why I love that scene at the diner because they don't want to. They both respect each other right away. Oh, I love that. Yes. And they're like they don't want to. They just happen to be on opposite end. One's a, one's a cop. One's a bank robber. So it just happens to be like they don't want to kill each other. But if no. they have to, they have to. Well, they
2: both said it. They're like, look, I'd like you. But if it's between you and that,
1: I'm going with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, righty, So let's move to our peaks and valleys. And for any, anyone, any new listener, Peaks is... Who peaked with this movie? Valleys, <laughs> who had the best career after it. <laughs> um, I think my peak was pretty easy this this week. Okay. So I went with Kevin Gage, who plays Wayne Grow. Oh, shoot. I don't know anything else he's ever been in. Okay. And, is that
0: the Jason Momoa lookalike? I can't remember his no, name. No, he's
2: Wayne Grow. He's the, the snitch. No, he's the, uh, yeah, oh. the all-tatted-up guy, the rat.
1: I don't remember. Okay. I, 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 and I even looked at his resume after. I I don't know anything he's ever been in. So I think Actually he, that's a solid pick. He peaked with heat and I never heard from him again. No, that's
2: a really solid pick. He's so, a really big role in heat too.
1: Yeah. So I you'd think he'd become like this cliche nineties action villain type of thing. <laughs> and I never really heard from him again. Yeah, so good. that's that's my, my peak what do you solid have solid
2: pick actually you know it's funny um i did the same thing i went into like imdb and tried to see i ended up relying on um diane venora who's that um so oh. she's justine oh yeah that's a good one too um that's yeah she she peaked with heat it's ironic when we were going through the trophy room <clears throat> she, she was Oscar? she I was, was she was nominated for a chicago film critics award for what for best supporting actress for heat <laughs>
1: That doesn't count. It doesn't count. Oh
2: no, her 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 main claim to flame after this movie was like in 1988 she was nomin- she nominated for a Golden Globe for what for a bird. Sure, why not? Uh, but either way, like there was nothing after the fact. And let's be honest, like when you look at the cast of Heat, like Diane Venora is like a name. You're like, okay, all
1: right. It sounds like someone you meet at the bank. Like she's your banker. <laughs> she's a banker. Okay, she's yeah. your banker. What about you, Rye? What do you have?
0: I went with the I can't I never got his name, the the uh Jason Momoa lookalike. Um he was one of Who are you talking the hot
1: I can't think of who you're talking wait, Jason about? Jason Momoa look What Jason Momoa He looks like
0: Jason Momoa at the end of that commercial, like when he's no longer buff. Oh, like, oh. Like make oh. Jason Momoa it's, ugly it's, it's and Wayne it's Wayne Yeah, Wingro. Wingro. Yeah, Gro, yeah. Wayne Wayne Gro. Gro. yeah. Oh, oh so so yeah, it. so It's so funny <laughs> when he said it's Jason
2: Momoa look I'm like, wait, is he talking about Trejo, yeah, because I'm, like, <laughs> no, I'm like, I love I Danny Ryder. Trejo. Yeah, I was like, I <laughs> and that like was like Trejo is.
1: before all the tats. Yeah, he true. was very, he was very clean cut. Yeah, yeah. i was like, oh my lord. All righty. so let's go to the valleys. Valleys, this was a good one. So I, um, by the way, with peak, I almost went with Al Pacino. Mm. If it wasn't for the Irishman, I think I would have done Al because I think this would this may have been his last. The like, caliber of work in this is very. It different. substantially yeah. dropped after this yes. for him, so it would have been like an interesting choice for Peak. But like I was looking at, him, I'm like, okay, but he still had Devil's Advocate, Donny Brasco, yeah. The Insider, and then The Irishman. So. And let's be fair, there are movies after this that people would
2: know him from more than he. Yeah, so, so I I, was like, uh. I
1: couldn't, I couldn't go there. All right, so my valley actually went with probably. I don't. You probably guys. You had a pick of the litter for valleys. So (laughs) I went Robert De Niro. (laughs) Really? Here's my reason. This is incredible. Robert De Niro had an amazing first half of his career. One of the best. I think Robert De Niro is probably top three best actors of all time. Yeah. I don't think anyone could argue with me on that. However, here's hear me out. After Heat, he made Jackie Brown, Wag the Dog, Analyze This, Silver Linings Playbook, The Irishman, Joker, great films. However. What made him my choice was what he did with comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Meet the fuckers is what he did. Meet the parents (laughs) and meet the fuckers. I was like, yo, like, De Niro is hilarious when he wants to be. Fair. Like, yes, he did make some hot garbage. But I think, like, if you really look at it, Kilmer after this did Batman forever. Uh, And he did the same. But after that, I think he kind of just... Did a lot of like TV appearances he and like did, little yeah, movies I know he here and there. did other work too. But yeah, yeah, okay. I can, But if I really wanted. Be honest with myself and not be a mark and pick De arrow. The obvious answer is Natalie Portman. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 Because that's I, like did yeah. I redeem myself
2: now? Yeah. No. And I respect it too because you're you're that's a legitimate case for it. But you, it's Natalie Portman. You I know. cannot
1: not say Natalie Portman. I know. For this. <laughs> oh, I know. Honestly,
2: I would have even appreciated you saying Ashley Judd because this was like Ashley Judd's like fourth movie.
1: But then she did Double Jeopardy and everything. Went... <laughs> no, but it's absolutely yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Natalie Portman. Sure. Her... Did you go with the same thing? Right, yeah, yeah, because you know she did Queen and like yeah, that's later. the greatest
2: so, Star Wars movies ever. Yeah. Duh, <laughs> that's what, says. what
1: sucks is that like she's so great, but um, when she doesn't want to try, she really doesn't try. Uh, yeah, Jane, <laughs> and we know Jane Foster, Marvel baby, fans, Jane Foster, baby. Are you Thor, baby? Only person to die of sadness. <laughs> She's going to try so hard with now that she's Thor, though. Yeah, I think she's yeah. going to be like, everyone's going to be like, oh, wait, yeah, that's that's the all Natalie eyes Portman are on movie.
2: her. This yeah. is because like back with Thor one. Like, yeah, Thor
1: one was like what? The third third. No, M- fourth. The fourth, fourth, M- fourth MCU. MCU movie. I think she tried a little there because Dark World Hemsworth wasn't Hemsworth yet. No, he was the guy that we picked for play Thor. And Natalie Portman is still Natalie Portman. So I think that's why. Uh, and I
2: know the director thing had a huge issue with her with uh, mm-hmm. with
1: Dark World too. I think Tycho will do perfectly I fine. Uh, so yeah, I think I gave my case for De Niro, and I'm gonna stick to it. But we all <laughs> know, but we all we know, know the right answer is Natalie Portman. Yeah. righty. so let's go to our
0: Becky. Not Val where he was Batman. Damn it!
1: And <laughs> oh yeah, that that. Let's just do this real quick.
0: <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> your, your voice, your voice got to a whole
1: different octave right there. He's like probably second to last for me in terms of Batman. I, oh wait, wait. On wait, film ranking as far as Batman. Well, I guess if we have to count Adam West because of the sixty six movie, then I would probably put. No, I still would put Adam West. I'd take Adam West over Val Kilmer as Batman. I so. I mean, I'll, I'll put Kilmer on top of Adam West. You think so? Yeah. But I think it's like tears of bad. But I'm also I'm also
2: probably pulling Pattinson, and I haven't even seen Pattinson. Oh, I think Pattinson will be perfectly fine because he's right after. Yeah, I think Kilmer's bottom bottom three. Yeah, yeah, it's Kilmer, West, Clooney. and Clooney.
1: And people are like, "Oh, Adam West." I'm like, "Yeah, man, Adam yeah, West." Yeah, no, Adam West. Let's call it what it is. Because Adam West wasn't really Bruce Wayne or Batman. Adam was, West was Adam West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. It's um. crazy the tiers we go from. You go those three, and everyone else is like really solid. Yeah, and Batfleck is legitimately a contender Legitim- for like, yeah. Uh, yeah. he's my number three. I like it. I like I it. I think Keaton. Keaton Bale and... I think my problem
2: with Baffleck is strictly script-driven. Yeah, not, not him. Not him. Yeah. He's the best part of the movie. Absolutely. Easily. Him and Gal are the best parts
1: of the movie. But, but that's another podcast for this <laughs> this chore, what Zack Snyder does. All right. So moving on to our final award. Oh, uh, I think the, this is going to be a fun one. So the Becky O'Shea Icebox Award for the MVP of the film... I went with both De Niro and Pacino because... You little... I'm a fucking Mark, man. You I'm a fucking bastard. Mark. Did you go for the same thing? No. Oh, good. No. Right. you didn't go for the same thing, did you?
0: I did go for Pacino and De Niro. They oh, you are a
2: little... Me. You freaking... They are the cheaters. movie. They are the movie.
0: Fair. Okay,
2: <laughs> give your cases.
1: I just did. I gave my case. They're the movie. <laughs> They're the movie. Oh, my God. With It's... You know how sometimes the stars align yeah. and I think the stars align so perfectly with those two in this movie because while Al did fall off with what he did after this movie, I think that he was still at the top of his game. Fair. And I think those two together really, really knocked it out of the ballpark because, like I mentioned before, they're only in the movie 10 minutes together and you still feel like it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And when they're not together. They do such an incredible job. I actually look back at that scene um, where they're doing like a small heist, and De Niro hears a, a cop makes a noise when they're when they're uh, staking out. Yes, and, and they're about to get there. Yeah. De, De Niro's looking at the camera. And Pacino's looking at the screen and you see that interaction. The, the, the infrared, right? Yeah, yes. I really, really thought that was really strong. And obviously the the scenes we know with the ban Kais yep. and the Diner. Yeah, man. Well, they're the only two options for MVP. All and right. don't you dare say Danny Trejo. Alright, go go for it, Ryan. What's up, what, what's your
2: David took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> 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 All right, so my pick for the M, for the Becky O'Shea Ice Fox for this movie is
1: Michael Mann. Okay, I guess I'll give you Michael, man. So let's... Never, yeah, I'll go. Like, the that's way good,
2: he managed... So he freaking Russo-brothered this before the Russo brothers. He managed to, like, literally, like, weigh out so many good personalities, so many good scenes, so many... Like, he literally made you feel conflicted between crime and and law. Um, you were rooting for both sides. And in one yeah, movie, yeah. to root for
1: both sides, That's that's it's true. conflicting as hell. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Uh-huh. If you really don't... I don't... We know with black and white, you know, yeah, but good guy and bad guy. But I think he paints a lot of gray. Yeah, really. I don't really root for any. I I hate that De Niro dies, that Neil dies at the end. Yeah, it's it's true. That's a very good point.
2: Neil's crime syndicate is a way better family than anything on the good side.
1: Yeah, there's a, they're connected. There's yeah. a very strong family.
2: I think Michael Mann did an incredible job That's of this. Good, so all but, right. he's my pick. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I, stay, I stay shut.
1: <laughs> Hell, I will uh, say that Neil's crime family is more destructive, a better formed villain than any DCEU villain <laughs> <laughs> in all of Phase 1 Marvel. Yes, yeah. definitely all yeah. of Phase One Marvel. Yeah. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident to say that. I agree that.
2: Com- wholeheartedly, yes.
1: And then finally, legacy of the film. Oh, yeah. Um, Outside of the inspirations on other films that I made when I was talking about the facts, he also was one of the imp- inspirations be- behind the highly influential Grand Theft Auto 3. Yep. As well as the 2013 sequel, Grand Theft Auto 5, which... There is a bank heist, and one of the characters does actually resemble Wayne Grove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or Jason Momoa. Oh, <laughs> Jason Momoa, according to Ryan. And no, yeah, like I mentioned before, um, I think it's it shows the best bank heist I've ever seen on screen. Yes. And I think it's the best movie in nine to f- 1995. I think it's an absolute criminally missed chance by the Oscars to nominate something different and give something an award to something different for that time. Nowadays, I think this movie gets a shit ton of Oscar noms in today's, uh, today's climate. I think this movie gets a shit ton of Oscar noms, but yeah, so that brings me up, brings up a little thing that I had here in March, 2016, Michael Mann announced that he is developing a heat prequel Mm -hmm. novel as part of launching his company, Michael Mann books. And as of January tw- 2019, the book has been completed. No word, it hasn't been released yet, but it's good to see if anyone likes to read and wants to know how Neil... I and mean, we all know this is going to get adapted into
2: some form of hey, like Netflix, yeah, right? Hey, I, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: And then we're going to CGI Al and um, Bobby again. It's going to be wonderful. The aging baby. And like I mentioned, it's um, my favorite film in 1995. So any last thoughts on... I Honestly, I want to hear, hear from Ryan.
2: Yeah, it's right. his first time watching this movie. Right. You pop your no. cherry. Let me know how I felt.
0: Like I said, it, it took me way too long to see this film. It was excellently well done. I was invested the entire time through. And if you haven't seen it, well, first of all, spoiler alert for half the shit. Second of all, <laughs> go fucking see it.
1: <laughs> and this is why got to listen to the podcast because you find some interesting movies every every week absolutely all right kids so that bring that wraps everything up for today we'll see you next week and don't forget you got 30 seconds to leave flat if you feel the heat around the corner